Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. For this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So, where were you yesterday? Ah, yesterday was shaking the Monday morning blues with our Dr. Pierre Gordon. And oh, wow, it was an Oh, my goodness, it was a conversation yesterday. We talked about menstrual disorders and some of stuff regarding your menstrual cycle. And I have to tell you, at 56, I still learn some stuff about your menstrual cycle. Well, first of all, I don't remember there being a window of 21. I always heard it was 28 to 30 days that you should, you know, expect your cycle. And, you know, it was like, okay, well, then that means that it could come a whole lot sooner than you actually think. Um, it would come. Well, we talked about the abnormal um, bleeding, they say, which, you know, may include like heavy um, bleeding or no um, menstrual cycle at all. You know, if um, it's a menstrual cycle at all. Yeah, that's abnormal. You know, so you want to definitely you know, talk to your your doctor if your cycle isn't, you know, something on that level of, you know, normal. Because you want to make sure that, you know, there's no issues um, going on. And, you know, Dr. Gordon mentioned that, you know, if you're going through pads, you know, or tampon, you know, quite a bit you know, in a matter of, you know, a few hours, you know, you may want to get that 
um, checked out. Um, you can't, you know, just like from one day to the next, if, uh, you know, you're not, your, your, your changing cycle is, you know, needs to also be on a consistent, you know, not from one day to the next, but definitely, you know, every few hours, you know, he spoke about it. And the reason why I'm mentioning that here is because that has something to do with how heavy your cycle is. You know, so if you're going through patterns, tampons, you know, quite a bit, then, you know, you may have some level of um, hormonal imbalance or some medical condition. And, you know, thyroid problems. That was the other thing that I learned yesterday, that, you know, your thyroid could actually cause your cycle to be much heavier. Um, he also spoke about some medications that you were taking could actually cause your cycle to be a little heavier um, than normal. And he said um, normal, like uh, some of your body organs, you know, just like liver or kidney disease, um, it can definitely have something to do with your cycle um, being, you know, a little heavier. Oh, my goodness. He talked about the amenorrhea. And I was, you know, I'm thinking about, look at the word, like, amen. Okay, well, that means, like, you kind of, Settled. It kind of ends, <laughs> you know, um, where you don't have um, any cycles at all. And that's something he says that you need to definitely um, check out if you have that, you know, cycle that goes off and on. You need to mention that to your doctor because it could mean you're pregnant. It could mean that, you know, there's menopause issues coming along if you're of a certain age and um, things like that. Um, he talked about the menstrual cramps, and he said part of that could be from the clotting. Um, and, you know, some women really experience this, you know, this cramping really bad. So he talked about that. Um, oh, we talked about that infamous and not such a thing in our world now. They're not talking about it as much as years ago, but PMS. Yes, we talked about, you know, the PMS and, you know, what that could mean. And, you know, there's more of a psychological issue with your, um, when your cycle comes around or right before your cycle comes around, you know, because it's pre-menstrual. Um, and, you know, you might be dealing with mood swings or some level of anxiety or anger. And, um, you know, it's all worth mentioning. It's not, you know, the worst thing in the world. You know, they don't shame you or, you know, pick on you, if you will. Like years ago, you know, that was the thing years ago. You know, any little thing that the woman did, you know, she must be PMSing. So, you know, that's why I said, you know, it's not such a thing anymore. Um, you know, it's just, 
I guess they've moved on to some other stuff. <laughs> you know, listen, it's a thing where people don't know much else. Right? Right. So, you know, that was one of the things that we talked about. Dr. Um, Gordon also talked about PMDD, the premenstrual dysphoric disorder. And that is um, another variation of the PMS that they say is, you know, a lot more severe than the typical. Oh, what else uh, we talked about? We actually did talk about um, tampon usage and, you know, if there's a too early period um, where you shouldn't be using it. And he said, no, you know, it's all about comfortability. Um, we also talked about um, organic. You know, I did bring up that, you know, there's um, organic um, tampons on the market. And we're going to get a little bit more information about that um, from Dr. Gordon the next time he's on by spirit. And what else did we talk about? Hmm. Well, oh, we talked about, you know, some women experience a higher sex drive uh, before or during their cycles. And that was interesting. So I won't say what Dr. Gordon said. Now I'm going to send you back to listen, okay? I'm going to send you back to listen. And, you know, it was very, very informative. You know, again, you know, you think you know, you know, quite a bit about something until the experts get on and they start giving us all of the details. So it was, again, a very informative episode with our Dr. Pierre Gordon, and you definitely want to go back and listen, okay? All right. Well, Tuesday is Let's Talk About It Tuesday Church Folks Day, and we are in our final episode of uh, my two cents, Love and Death, the HBO miniseries. And oh, we checked out the last episode last night. And oh, my, oh, my, and oh, my. So we're going to. You know, give you an opportunity to go get that healthy breakfast because we want you to be ready to chat about this thing here. Um, before I go any further, I want to make sure that you have the number 516-387-1358. Oh, again, that number is 516-387-1358. I'm sure. There will be some text chatter about last night. Well, we we always say last night because when we watch it, we watch it the night before, and there is no discussion when we watch. There is no discussion after we watch. 
But when I looked at all the faces, it was screen, we watched it together. When I looked at all the faces, it was great. I was like, wow. There's going to be some chat too about this thing here. So, you know, we want to make sure we give you an opportunity to comment and give your two cents. Okay? I want to, you know, maybe do a little recap of our other um, episodes. So, Brother Angel, get your titles together because we are going to get a quick rundown of the um, of our past episodes that will take us right up into the finale, okay? All right, so, again, go get that healthy breakfast. Go tell somebody that it's you time when Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, don't go anywhere because we will be right back. When I was younger, I didn't want to be the pale one when all my friends were getting tan. I thought the tan looked cute. Yeah, I was told about the dangers of being out in the sun, but it's not like I was in the sun all the time. And I only got burnt once or twice. Then I, I started to notice these ugly sunspots and wrinkles. That's when my doctor mentioned sun damage. Look at me now. No sexy tan and I'm dealing with skin cancer. If I had known then what I can see now. Morning, good morning, and good morning again. Welcome back to It's Three Time with Pastor Steph. And it is Let's Talk About It Tuesday Church Folk Day. And we are in our final episode in our My Two Cents segment of that Love and Death HBO miniseries. And uh, we're going to do a quick recap before we review our final episode. All right. So let's get that number out there. 516-387-1358. Again, the number is 516-387-1358. If you want to discuss and add your two cents, make sure you do so.
Good morning. Good morning. Oh, we are in our My Two Cents segment that we have been running for the past pretty much seven weeks. This is our seventh week. We've been discussing the HBO miniseries, Love and Death. And, you know, it's been a real journey. And um, they they have really taken us on a roller coaster ride. And um, it has really been some, let's say, journey if you've been watching this. And, you know, it, this, this whole Love and Death miniseries um, kind of centers around uh, Candy Montgomery and Alan Gore as they have, you know, decided to have a love affair. And they are both married and church-going individuals. And, you know, after they decide to have their affair, unfortunately, there's a murder that takes place. And, you know, I want to go on a little journey today and talk about, you know, um, our individual episodes really quickly before we dive into, you know, what exactly um, happened in the final episode. So let's say good morning to our girl, Shanti. Good morning, Shanti. Good morning. Uh, Good morning. Let's say good morning to our brother, Ainsley. Good morning, brother Ains. Hey, good morning, Pastor Steph. Good morning, Shanti. Good morning. (laughs) Good morning, good morning. All right, let's just take a quick journey down memory lane of the episodes of Love and Death, Um, and I'll give you each one point to bring out in each episode. Well, the first episode they called The Huntress. Uh, Shantice, what was your uh, point that, you know, kind of grabbed your attention in this particular episode? Oh, the huntress. Um, how open she was to letting this married man know that she was interested in having this affair. All righty, brother Ainsley. Um, I want you to throw out your uh, your your subtitles <laughs> that you give oh, um, this episode. What was that? You know what? I can't remember the subtitles I did. I can't remember. I just went up the dome. I didn't write them all down. I wrote like a couple of them down. (laughs) All right. All right. That's okay. That's okay. What was one episode that you, uh, one thing in the episode that, that stuck out to you in the very beginning? Um... Okay, the very first episode. Uh, uh, what's I think I have here that uh, 
I think it's Alan. He says he doesn't want to hurt his wife, but then turns around and kisses Candy. And I was like, how hypocritical is that? <laughs> you know, so. All righty. Uh, we got Huntsman. Yeah. And one of the things that stuck out to me was the fact that they took all this time laying out all of the details of how they were going to handle this love affair with the ultimate intention of, you know, hey, if this seems to be going too far or we become emotionally attached, we're going to end it. So that's what really stuck out to me. Um, all right, episode number two, Encounters. Now, you know, they both admit that, you know, they're falling in love and Betty gives birth, and, you know, they go on this marriage counseling retreat. And, you know, what stuck out to you in this particular episode, Shanti's? Uh, the, <laughs> the, the planning and the execution of like how they would meet at the, at the hotel room. It was just like, okay, there's, no. there, there was a plan in the first episode, but now like how in their own way, they're trying to be so strategic in how they execute this plan down to every little detail, the picnic area type of vibe in the hotel, like that that really stood out to me in this episode. Okay, okay. Oh, brother Ainsley, what stuck out to you in this particular episode? After you know, Alan decides to kind of slow things down with uh, Andy. Okay. Um, okay, that particular episode, what will get to me, though, uh, was right before that particular scene, it was like cause they was walking around, going to the amusement park, walking arm in arm, like, mm-hmm. like, like, they, like, like they're the couple. Like, they ain't both got spouses back at home. So it was like the girl, how, <laughs> you know... You know, ain't this supposed to be something you're not supposed to do, walk around in public like that? And so that was the thing, you know, that kind of kind of stuck out, you know, uh, in that particular episode. And, of course, um, uh, of course, um, you know, uh, what, what's, what's her name? She's going to ask the side piece to babysit your kids. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of crazy. Okay, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. We're getting deeper into this whole thing. For me, episode two, um, it was interesting that they, um, Alan and Betty, decided to go to the marriage, um, the, the marriage retreat, which they, you know, people are calling a cult, and they begin to pick up on their relationship. 
So, you know, in my head, I'm like, okay, now that you've discovered that, you know, you would like to stay in this marriage after you didn't just went after, you know, this, this affair, you know, what are you going to do now? How are you going to handle telling Candy that things are not going to be the same anymore? All right? Oh, me step in stone. So I'll end the affair and, you know, Candy is not that, uh, you know, happy about it. And this is the episode where it finds out with Candy's husband about the affair. And um, uh, this is when, um, what's her name? Betty um, says that, you know, she's pregnant again. So, Shanti, what sticks out to you in this particular episode? Betty thinking she's pregnant again. <laughs> just the whole, um, <laughs> just, it's like so many different points in each episode, but with this one, you know, after now watching all of this, and it's like really after all of this now, She's thinking that there's now something that's adding to her paranoia, adding to her anxiety, adding to her her psyche, where she continues to show that she, like, how unstable she is. And it's like now to heighten all of the chaos that's going on. Now she may be pregnant again, goodness gracious. And I think that that also, you know, showed a lot for... Candy and and Alan because that also now affects you know how they move individually as well as together. All right, all right, all right. Oh, brother A, what you got? Episode three. Uh, you know. It's, uh, all right, first thing I have, you know, um, when she or Candy brings up the you know conversation about them separating, and when Alan says okay, that's when Candy gets <laughs> upset, like that like he just like he just said okay, <laughs> you know, uh, that was one uh, one point. Um, uh, another another well, the, one of the biggest things though, all right, is. Uh, I guess we get when yet yeah, when Pat finds out about the affair, but he doesn't go to Candy about it. He goes to her friend to discuss it. I mean, like, okay, you know, to me, in reality, that don't really go down like that. If you find out your 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 mm-hmm. mate, your spouse is is having an affair, I think the natural thing is you go talk to your spouse. Gonna be upset. Mm-hmm. I think my reaction is not going to be, oh, let me call her best friend. You know that this just doesn't go down mm-hmm. really like that. Uh, but that that was one of that. And um, oh, and also this is the first time we. And this is also the first time we get to see the new pastor. Like he said, we come to this understanding. Like he's unfit in this episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay, okay. Well, for me, Stepping Stone is, you know, um, unique as 
you know, we, again, um, as you both have said, you know, you begin to see everything turn in this particular um, episode, you know, all from the the, the initial marriage, you know, uh, the decision to have the affair, and then we're all out in public, and everybody's so happy, and la-la, and then, you know, somebody goes to, one couple goes to the um, marriage retreat in episode two, and in episode three, um, Pat and Candy decide they're going to go to this this retreat, this marriage retreat, but they don't follow the rules the way the gores do, and that is, is really interesting um, to me because you, you know, Pat, oh, what's her name, Candy wants to go to the marriage retreat because she sees how um, the gores have improved their relationship, so she wants to improve her relationship almost like um, like as revenge, in my opinion, you know, not because she really wants to, because remember, she was the one who initiated this whole thing, like you said, Shanti, in the very beginning, how, and how upfront she mm-hmm. was, I know, but now because you, you know, you see the gores have this wonderful turnaround, you now want to go and get this wonderful turnaround for you and your husband, but y'all don't want to follow the rules, and, um, you know, the, to me, that stepping stone was when this was the first time we actually saw Betty bust out the axe. You know, so yeah, we stepping we stepping into some new territory. Our episode mm-hmm. number four: Do No Evil. Shanti, what I'll give you two two particular um, points you want to bring out here, if you shall. This is the episode where um, Candy goes over to the house, right? Right. She's already been to the house. And remember that the, the, the right. way we end episode three is Betty bust out the act. Right, 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 right. Oh, okay. So with, oh gosh, with this one, two points, two quick points. Candy not doing a backflip up out a window. So I'm just like, girl, <laughs> do you want the axe to hit you? Um, that up that and the fact of her <laughs> what what stood out and I think it wasn't until I watched the episode last night that it reminded me of something in this episode was just her psyche of her talking to herself, kinda like coercing herself into going about her normal routine that she originally had planned before all of this chaos took place at the Gore House. And just, like, the expression on her face while she's in the car driving back to the church. And it's like, what is really going through your mind? Like, how do you really tell yourself that everything is normal now after what happened? you know, after you didn't make the right choice while you were there. Now all of this went down, and now you're really talking yourself into going to pick up this car from Target and going back to the church as if absolutely nothing happened. And just the look on her face like, that's a mean talking to yourself. (laughs) 
Ah, absolutely. Brother Ainsley, do no evil. Yes, yes. Now, okay, this episode, Do No Evil, you know, I, I do have my notes on what I, rename, what I would call this episode. It was called Do No Evil, but I call it Do Nothing But Evil and Lie, Lie, Lie. <laughs> All right? That's what my title was it. Do Nothing But Evil and Lie, Lie, Lie. You know, so um, this is an episode, and the craziness, you know, this episode we find that uh, at one point uh, Betty puts the axe down, but then Candy with the crazy self, she puts her hand on her shoulder. Uh, I think mm-hmm. we said this was kind of like a stupid thing to do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yep, it's it's, yep, it's yep. an interesting point. Um uh, we we're here to find out, as as Santis mentioned, you know, and what happened for this last episode, the ment- the mental state of why um, Kenny was saying when she was driving, she was saying constantly saying nothing's changed, nothing's changed, nothing's changed. And now we we understand, you know, what her mental state was while she was doing that, um, and you know, um, again. Uh, one point that we made then is that after, you know, to, to me, the most disturbing thing of everything, even, you know, the gruesome, we see how gruesome um, the act was there. And, and even we're still with Candy's mental state, the, the thing that was got to me, the most disturbing thing is that uh, she left that house with a baby there. Um you know, there was a newborn that left unattended all day long. Um, you know, I mean, like, where is the humanity in that? I mean, if all, I mean, okay, you claim self-defense, whatever case may be, but, you know, that was one of the most, most disturbing things about that that particular, um, that, that, um, that, that episode. Oh, and one last thing, and this was also the episode we, we find out that Alan, um, he stays funky because when he lays down, that's when the episode his armpits are still, you know. <laughs> his armpits, you know, so he's just a funky man. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Um, episode four, Do No Evil. Oh, boy. Um, this is the actual attack episode um, where, um, like Shanti said, you know, we end episode three with um, Betty bringing the gun in, I'm sorry, the axe into the room. And then, um, you know, the, the attack actually takes place. Now, for me, you know, when someone introduces an act, um, into the picture, and you are now sitting about seven, eight feet from where she's standing. It's like Shanti said, backflips, run, jump, fly, whatever you need to do. This is definitely an opportunity for you to leave. I think the fact that she had an act was a plus because anybody knows who, you know, wields an act that takes a lot of energy and a lot of um anger in order to, for, for a woman to actually be able to do that. 
Um, the other thing that I found interesting was when they found the body. This is where one of the weirdest, dumbest uh, neighbors say that uh, Betty was shot. I'm like, what? You know, this woman was, you know, <laughs> they sort of a right. quick, you know, peak at body and blood is all over the place, which blood is all over the wall, blood is all over, what's her name, a candy, blood is everywhere, you know, if she's axed up the way, you know, we see her actually axed up, then how in the world would you think she was shot? So, you know, I, that's just like, okay, what kind of people live in this Mm-hmm. Um, that was like really weird, and um, we're up to the recap of episode five, the arrest. Uh, I'll give you two points, Shanti. Was this the episode where they um had her in the precinct, and she was? trying to advertise the business with Sherry. She asked her to leave my card. <laughs> and it, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> they should have known from this. Like, what are you talking about? You in here being questioned about the murder of someone who was supposedly close to you. And you're advertising this makeover business. They should have known from then. Um, it was that that was just like, okay, weirdo. And was this also the episode where they, or was it the next one, where they took her shoes? No, that was, was the, the episode. That was the next one. That was the next one. Okay. No, no, no. They did take okay. her shoes. They did take her shoes here, here. They did. They took her shoes in this one? Okay. Yeah, that, that, you know, really stood out to me as well because, I mean, I don't I don't know. It, I understand, you know, I kept trying to remind myself that this was in the early 80s. So forensics was very different. Um, they weren't as privy to certain procedures and protocols because they didn't have you know, the advancement in technology and the immediate know-how like we do today. But that, she was just so, like, it was like she was annoyed, but it seemed as though she was trying to push herself to be annoyed, Um, you know, because it's like, well, I should, I'm supposed to be upset, you know, that they're taking my, you know, the shoes that's literally on my feet as if I have another pair, you know, and it's like they just knew that, she was a suspect, but it's like before we definitively say to her, we know that she was going to arrest you, we have to now just make sure we had that. I, that was just something I was just like, wow, they're taking the shoes off her feet, so she's supposed to drop home barefoot. Yeah, but th- those those two were like two highlights just stood out to me in that one. Her advertising during being questioned, where they should just arrest her then. And, you know, them taking the shoes off her feet, that she was supposed to drive home in. Oh, all right, all right, all right. Hmm, Brother Ainsley, 
the arrest. What you got? Right. Um, this is the episode. Um, it just, it kind of, to me, it just it highlighted the difference, the reality of how, how of what happened in, in, in Candy's case, but the difference, what would happen to us on this side of the fence if we were in the same situation. That first question, mm-hmm. you know, interview, mm-hmm. things would have went down the same way. You know, remember they, they had her talking about, you know, uh, different things about that, then asking for her shoes, and can they go question her, um, go search her car, and, and she's allowed to go. You know, black people, right then and there, we would have been arrested right then and there on the spot. You know, it ain't all, <laughs> you know, all that, you know, it, it just would have went down differently than that. But now also on this episode, um, um, this is the episode we see that, you know, Candy is still not telling her husband, Pat, um, what's going on? And I have in my notes that you know, um, <laughs> I, I would have been like, she got to tell me something. Pat saying, you know, she, she, you know, your wife got to tell you something. Like, if you paying right. all the bills and paying for all this, you got to tell me something. <laughs> you know, and she said, <laughs> so she's still being, to me, being she was still being deceptive to her husband, even at this point. Um. What else I got here? Uh, I mean, I, I don't want to get I don't, I don't want to get the episodes mixed up, but those are main uh, one of the um, uh, main points. Yeah, yeah, you know the, the police, their 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 tactics, and um, and, and and still, uh, um, uh, Candy is still lying to a friend, you know. Um, about what you know, what really happened? About what's going on with that? Right. Yeah, yeah. This is a good right. episode, though. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The arrest um, for me, uh, the, what stuck out two things was the the judge and uh, Candy's attorney's relationship and exchange, and. Um, you know, how they were antagonizing one another. And we generally don't see that in our world, you know, um, like you said, Brother Ains on this side of the fence. Um, you know, good weather blocked us up. Once we got a little sarcastic or sent somebody away, you know, with the judge, that would have been twisted for us. Um, you wouldn't have been on that case much longer. You know, they would have thrown you out. So, yeah, you know, there's a disparaging difference in this episode of a few um, things, uh, how we, you know, are treated, um, how we're handled. Um, The other thing that stuck out to me in this particular episode, this is when the hypnosis um, takes place between Candy and, you know, the psychiatrist because, you know, the the uh, attorney is trying to gather up everything he can to help her defense. You know, and he talks about how she needs to change her clothes, how she needs to cut her hair, how she needs to lose her weight. So, you know, the persona is different um, in how she is perceived. And one of the things he does is he gets, 
you know, her in front of the psychiatrist and allows him to hypnotize her. And I have to tell you, you know, this is one of the Olsen sisters, um, for those of you who don't know that, because it took me a minute to realize who she actually was. And everybody knows the Olsen sisters. The Olsen sisters are the two babies who grew up on Full House. And they've had, you know, a lot of uh, attention in the media um, for their eating disorders and things like that. Well, they have a younger sister, and this Elizabeth um, is the younger sister, and she is, this girl's got her acting chops in order. You know, just playing out that whole hypnosis, you know, hip, um, hypnosis, where, you know, the, the, the um, what's his name, the psychiatrist is, you know, kind of guiding her and navigating her, um, you know, well, at this time, it's this, and at that time, it's that. And it's like, she busts out, um, you know, oh, my gosh, this girl, her acting chops up, just, in my opinion, just at the top um, of the list. And uh, I know she's making that family real proud right now, you know, when they got this uh, whole series. So, you know, this is what kind of got to me. Um, and, you know, this is the... Um, the one thing I love about this particular writing, every episode had its cliffhanger at the end. And um, this is when mm-hmm. the attorney the, actually tells, you know, too much to your point, um, Brother Ames, this is when um, the, the, the attorney tells Al, uh, Pat, you know, what happened. And we actually see Pat's face in the closing of the episode. All right. Episode six, the big top. What got you here? Wait, I'm sorry for a doozy. Who's the Olsen twin sibling? Elizabeth Olsen, the one who's playing candy. You didn't know that. Are you serious? No. Yes, I'm t- I was blown away myself. I was blown away myself. Yes, this is this is the sister. This is the baby girl, as a matter of fact. Wow. Uh, and now that you say it, and I'm I'm envisioning her face. She resembles them. Yeah. But I'll never. Oh, I'm sorry. That's just screaming. Okay. <laughs> so I'm listening to you speaking. I'm like, wait, did she just say? You got to do <laughs> what? Oh my goodness! Wow, wow! Yeah. She 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 outdid them. She outdid them. She um, sure did. She sure did. Yes, yes. Wow. Well, okay. So which episode we up to again? I'm sorry, I just threw <laughs> We're up to the big pot. Episode six. Okay. So this is now the episode like you said this is after the hypnosis, and this is now when she has to um she's now cut her hair and she's trying to now get right. the the physical appearance of a very humble loving housewife um this isn't the episode where Jackie confronts her right is this the episode? Show is okay. So that that scene really stood out to me because, and I loved it because 
we know Jackie to be a pastor. And in the church world now, we don't know of many pastors who are integral and who hold anyone, not just their congregants, but really anyone um, accountable for anything. And for her to have this no-nonsense attitude at this point, I loved it. I loved it because it it backs up how she was in the previous episode when Alan called um, Candy to, you know, speak and they were you know, kind of still in the middle of setting this whole affair up and she gave her honest opinion and was very blunt, like, listen, this ain't going to go well. You ain't got a lot of me. This ain't going to go well. Don't try a lot of me. But I'm letting you know this ain't going to go well. You know, that really, like, wow. So she is sticking to who she is as a person and sticking to who she believed they were as friends because she kept saying, we're backdoor friends. You know, we're, we're honest with each other. And I really love that because I think that also the message that was supposed to send to Candace is I have to be on point. I have to understand who I have around me. And if I really want these people support, I have to be honest because you're, you're still under the, the hypnosis of listening to your counsel as far as you can't talk to anyone, not even your husband about this, but now here you have this friend who's like, listen, you need to get this together. And you're, this, this is what you're really going to go up there and stand on. You're going to stand on this point. So I, I really, really, really love that, that scene. All right. All right. One point, Brother Ains, from the big top. Oh, the one point. Oh no. I, okay. Well, first of all, the big top. That one I call it the manipulators episode. It was the manipulators. So there was a whole lot of manipulation thing going on with that, right? Uh, it, was, it was quite a bit. Uh, that's when um, Don he was manipulating the new pastor to say what he wanted him to say and stuff like that. And he seemed like the the new pastor. I, I forget his name. Uh, he was just going for it. He was just, uh, he just like really a pawn in um, Don's legal, you know, legal strategy and whatnot. But again, I agree with uh, Chartiste. Um, the person, the only person who seemed to keep it real was the old pastor. You know, um, and it's like we we need generally we need people like that. Somebody just want to keep it straight up, real, no fluff, as we say, straight, no chaser. And no matter what's going on, keep it real with you and say, um, just call the, call Candy out and say you lied to me. And uh, that that was that was that was, that was a, a strong scene in that um uh in that in that whole episode. Uh, so I, I leave it I leave it right there. All right, all right, all right. For me, uh, what really stuck out um, in this particular episode. Um, was the fact that, um, you know, the 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 the, um, the concern of the what do you call it the uh, attorney that she's medicating herself, 
you know, and, and she's saying, I, you know, I got to keep myself calm. I got to keep myself suppressed. You know, I, I, I can't think straight, blah, 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 blah. So she's medicating herself. And he's saying, listen, you look terrible at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, you look like somebody who's medicating yeah. And in La La Land, some Twilight Land, and, you know, if we're going to win this case, we need you on point. We need you, you know, at your full attention. And they need to see you as someone who's caring because she's so heavily medicated that there's no response from her whatsoever. You know, and, and again, you know, he's trying to build this persona of who she is and now we can't even live out this persona because you ain't doing nothing. And it's because mm-hmm. you're medicated. And even with telling her, stop taking the medication, she still does it anyway. So, um, you know, that that's what really just kind of stuck out to me. Well, 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 well. <sighs> Episode seven. All right. Uh, Shantish, you always take the front. So we're going to give Brother Angel an opportunity to dive in first um, in regards to this episode, this finale episode. What you got, Brother Angel? What you got? Uh, Okay. This episode of, well, we come well, you know. Having said all of that, we come to find out uh, quite a bit what really happened uh, when Candy and Betty that interaction that caused all of this, and we get to find out that you know, as you said mentioned before, Betty pulled out the X. So we have a saying in the neighborhood: "Don't start none, won't be none." So this is, this is, this is what I, I would call this episode, Don't Start None, Won't Be None. If you're going to pull something, be prepared to use it. You know what I'm saying? And it's sad to say, but Betty pulled out the axe, and she got it used against her. She, she was the more aggressor. I'm not saying, you know, she had a reason why, but she pulled it out. And, you know, if you didn't start nothing, there wouldn't be nothing. So that's that's why I call this episode. Don't start none. Won't be none. Right, you know, you got to be prepared to use what you you know you come out with. Because you know, what's an interesting point is that even in in the altercation before it escalated to you know, uh, Candy going berserk on her. You know, Candy was hit a couple of times. She was trying to leave. Candy was trying mm-hmm. to actually leave the. Uh, leave out the house, but it was Betty who closed the door. Right, she closed the door. Right. So after she was down, again, don't start now. Won't be none. She was like, you asking for more problems. You know, you got right knocked down to the ground. So let you know, just just take the L and let her leave. But no, you want to come try to do a comeback with the axe, and you know. And it brings out a point, Lee. I guess, I guess we all got a little crazy in us. So, and so Betty, she kind of uh, sparked the crazy in Candy, 
And, you know, so we always say, you know, crazy people got energy. You know, they got the crazy strength. Well, even though Betty was right. probably, we say, was bigger or larger than than Candy, well, you know, you know, that, that you know, I guess I hate to say that crazy and saying strength kind of kicked in for Candy. And so um, it was, you know, tit for tat right there. And Betty caught the, the worst of it. Uh um, you know, uh, I got to say in this episode, you know, I got to say for her attorney, Don, for not having to be a criminal attorney, he yeah. got some courtroom skills, man. I was like, oh, my bad. He, he got it going on. Because <laughs> I was like, what, yeah. what is a criminal attorney going to say something in the courtroom? It was all about Dom. Right. I gotta say, he, he was um, <laughs> He was really you good. Did. I mean, his, 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 he, he was really doing his thing. He was really doing his thing. Um, Absolutely. Hello? Huh? All right. So put a pause. Put a pause. Put a pause right there. Put a pause right there. Did okay. Did you get a chance to get her one one off? Uh, one little, what what really just kind of got this whole thing jump started in your brain from watching this episode. Oh my gosh, there were so many disturbing points and concerning points in this episode. One. But one of the things was uh, with Brother Ainsley just brought up. It was really hard for me after a while after Candy was up there giving her testimony. It was very hard for me to to continue to have sympathy for Betty after Candy described what happened because I agree. See, in the hood, you only got – all I need to do is see you pull a weapon out. That gives me justification for going crazy on you. You ain't got to hit me with it. Because you (laughs) pulled it out, it's either you or me, and I'm choosing that it's going to be you that dies. So let alone, let alone you keep asking for it. You keep asking for it. It it, it was self defense in, in my opinion. I was like, oh well, Betty's case gets thrown out because you kept asking for it. So now you got what you asked for. Another point that stood out to me in this was, that, yo, this lawyer and judge, they either used to have a relationship. Or there's some long lost siblings, or there's there's long lost siblings, and they just have it just hasn't been confirmed, but it's been brought up at a family barbecue or something, because they are just like, what is going on between you two? And I believe that's why the lawyer was on his A game because it was like, nah, this judge is already trying to discredit me because we got beef. And because technically this isn't my lane, but I'm going to show him that I can outdo him in this. And in my opinion, he did. Not only did he step up, but he outdid because every time the judge tried to shoot him down, his comebacks were like, yes, I love it. I love it. His comeback. Yes, his comeback. And that's why the judge kept giving him those looks like, Oh, you really coming yep. to me, and you're yep. right. So now, 
So because I'm able to hold you in contempt, I'm going to because that's the only thing I can do right now. I ain't got no comeback, right. especially one that will discredit you and, and say that you're – because I can't say that you're wrong for what you're saying, I'm going to not hold you in contempt. So those are like two of the, of the parts here that was just like, okay, in this episode. But, yeah, I, I agree with Brother Angry. It really helped to throw – Betty's case out the window. Like, had she survived, she would have been a, she would have been sitting in that courtroom looking crazy. Because you you cannot continue to do all that and like, come on, no. All right, all right. Mm-hmm. Oh, for me, um, it was the revealing. You know, they showed us snapshots. Um, mm-hmm. of the attack, of what we, you know, what we thought was an attack, and we did see from the very beginning of the, you know, the snapshot that Betty was the one who picked up the axe to attack on um, um, Candy with it. But in this episode, again, like you know, you both have said, you know, we really get to see like a microscopic. Um, detailed, um, slow motion um, replay of what actually happened in this house. And I have to tell you, uh, I was sitting in there yelling with every blow. I was like, oh, oh, because I just, it became real. It got to the point where Tobias was like, stop yelling. Yeah, I was yelling to the top of my of my of my lungs, I I was so I was blown away with the reenactment, and it like like you both have said, you know it it shows that actually Candy took some blows, man, before mm-hmm. she actually became the true aggressor, and 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 what she was talking and replaying this in her testimony. You know, she kept saying how she was just in this disbelief that this was actually happening. That you know, they, mm-hmm. the Betty still didn't pose mm-hmm. no threat, even when she Candy was is a trooper with the axe. Even when the axe was, huh? What'd you say? I would say Candy is a trooper. She got skills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so because she was she was hit on the foot. She was hit in the head. And she just kept defending herself, you know, um, against um, Betty. And and I honestly believe, you know, as you were both saying, especially you, Shanti, you know, Betty was angry. You know, she was angry. And here she is. It's like, you're trying to take my husband. You're trying to take my family. And I'm going to prove to you that you can't have either. You can't have my family. You can't have my my husband. Um, I got this new baby coming because um, she she said in the in, in the, during the time of the struggle, you know, I, I'm having a baby. Um, which prior to that, only Pat, um, Alan um, was told. She had told that to Alan, and you know, I, I'm looking at this thing and I'm like, oh my god, this woman really took some blows, and she, you know, tried, you know, not to fight back. She tried to get away, but, you know, Betty's going to prove a point, you know, that I'm going to be the winner here, and I'm going to hurt you. And like Belaine said, 
listen, you can't, you know, bring a, a, a knife to a gunfight and you don't know how to use a knife quicker than someone mm-hmm. else knows how to use the gun. So, you know, that that was really just something that really, really just blew me away um, last night. Um, um, uh, uh, Brother Ames, it's on you. What's a, what's another point you want to bring out here from last night's episode? Why keep saying last night? All right. The finale episode. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, one thing um, as you, you, you talk and it brings out, you know, the mentality of Betty, like uh, as Shanti said, you got to kind of throw out her her position after a while because, you know, again, we say she brought out the axe. And we say we brought out the point that, um, you know, she, you know, she would want to get at candy. But, you know, one thing, you know, you know, it could be the, her mentality that, okay, maybe I'm bigger than Betty. I mean, it was just this cute young person is trying to take my husband. But we come to find out her Betty's mentality, okay, you know, she was always acting kind of, she had her ways. But then we come to find out, she wasn't pregnant in the first place. She thought mm-hmm. she was. But Avery, she, she really wasn't. Avery! Uh, Avery! Oh, I, <laughs> I jumped too far. <laughs> yes! We, okay, okay, let, let's put the rule out here. Let's put the rule out. You cannot discuss the finale point. You can't discuss anything that was brought out because we got our time for that. You can't bring out, so that, that's your first and last mistake. I'm shutting your mic off. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe they even said that. So let's pretend like you didn't see that somebody sneezed, left the room, went to the bathroom. Okay. But nothing that was disclosed at the end. Okay? Oh, my goodness. I'm going to punch All right. Okay, okay. All right. Now, go back and go to your other point. Go to your other point. Um, now, the court's attorney, um, the prosecutor, Excuse me. Um, he was pretty cool because he made a good point. Like you know, he made a point to say that Candy she 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 was constantly pretending it didn't happen to so many different people. And she pretended with her husband. Yeah. She pretended with the church people. She pretended with her friend. She was pretending all the time. So I mean, so he had a um, some very good points. Um, she was make um, that that he was making that 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 she's a good liar. In which candy was um another little point that it kind of brings back to um we see the flashback that candy has you know when she's in the kitchen the scene with her mother you know you know and yeah. uh mother says you know you know you need to defend yourself and then puts a knife on the table you know so we kind of get a understanding okay where the the inner rage that candy has um, they kind of prompted the, the, the her violent outburst against um, against Betty. So I mean, it was it was. I expected to see a little bit more because even though I, we understand it was a childhood incident that you know was a was the undercurrent for um, Candy's mentality state. You know, um, I thought I think they maybe they should have um, highlighted that more. Because I, you know, I get it, but I don't get it. You know, uh, okay. I, mean, I don't want to go okay. too far. 
Well, you guys, okay. unlike the other episodes, every, all, everything can be talked about. It doesn't matter how far or how, you know, um, how early um, in the episode. So that's why I didn't give you any parameters other than the, the, what we saw happen after or the decision. We can't talk about the decision yet, and we can't talk about what happened afterwards. So anything else is, is kind of open. Here's what I want to ask you, being that you brought it up, because I was going to ask either one of you, whoever brought it up. What do you think that that flash of her mother um, in the kitchen and her mother giving her, you know, the the knife and, you know, shh, you know, what was that about? Because I'm lost. I, I couldn't understand the connection in that at all. Yeah, you know, um, you know, well, okay, it, well, one thing, you know, that's, you know, because, you know, because remember the sort of flashback when um, Candy, she, as a young girl, she's on the gurney, and I'm mother's saying, right. you know, what are they right. going to say about you in the in the, um, in the the waiting room? And it brings right. out the point that right. the, the psychologist says that Candy, she has a, a, her personality trait, she's overly concerned with how, with how people see her. You know, so right. her, you know she goes about a date. That's that's part of her, I guess. You know, her makeup, so to speak. You know, she's very concerned with how, how you know what people think about her. You know, some people don't really care, but you know, she's very. Um, that's a that's an issue with her, and we get to see that. I guess that's a point where her mother instills in her. I guess at a four year old's and at, at at her moment of grief, being hit in the head, well, for whatever reason. And it's like no, sh- you know, be concerned with other what, with how other people are seeing you, you know. Um, so it, it, it brings, I, I guess that's one point, you know, they can tie, you know, you can tie it together for my mother and to what happened. Oh, All right, well, you can tie it together because I'm still at a loose end. <laughs> I mean, I still am too. Though. Don't get me wrong. I still am. I think I feel I feel a little bit more than that. You know, Cause I don't see how for you. Yeah, you know, I'm you get not. that much rage. Yeah, I get it. You yeah, know, but I, I, I don't know. I got the part in the in the in the hospital. That part I I can make a connection. That part when she flashed in the house. That part I don't know. Shanti, did that part make sense to you at all? The part in the house. I got the hospital. But the part in the house. It did until the mother put the knife on the table. And I'm like, well, what does that have to do with? Because from what the doctor, when he was giving his testimony, you know, he explained that how the daughter ended up, how she ended up in the hospital when she was four had nothing to do with the mother. So the reason why the right, mother right. was actually in that was because the mother is the reason why Candy, even now as an adult, suppresses every emotion and feeling. The mother is the reason right. why the the lawyer keeps having to fight with Candy to show emotion because from at a very young age, from this traumatic experience, the mother has coerced her into suppressing and I just think it's amazing right. how we don't realize how all of this follows us into adulthood and that should spare our lives that we end up still, you know, carrying those things with us. And it just becomes a way of life until something like this happens to where now 
you showing emotion matters because now the only time you showed emotion was when you had that acne on your hand. But, yeah, I, I, I thought I got it up until the mother put the knife on the on the counter and then I was lost from there. I was like, all right, well, this is one, a scene from this that I'm not going to try to wrap my head around because I don't understand it once, once that point hit. Okay. But what, what, another point, another point that had me dying, I was laughing a lot in this episode, was the pastor. He could not wait to tell her he really felt <laughs> about that. <laughs> yes. He was like, yes. yes, this is my moment. I get to say how I feel, what I want, what I really think. And the council was like, well, didn't you give the eulogy at the funeral? And he said, yes, she is beautiful. Like all of God's creatures. I was dying. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah. He's like, yeah. he was like, yeah, I know. I, I remember what I said, and I'm not retracting it. So she was beautiful, like everybody else God creates. However, she was this and she was that, and she didn't like me, and da 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 da. And she told me she was, I was, I was gone, and da 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 da. And I, I believe that really helped Candy also because he was honest about how he felt that Candy didn't like him either, but she handled it the way she was supposed to versus right. Betty who like a lot of other people took the stand and said she was very mm-hmm. vocal, very brutal, very snappy, very just all over the place. You know, so that again it helped to throw Betty's case out the window. But I was like, Dad, he couldn't wait to take whether he, he said it while taking <laughs> yeah. the stand or whether he told it to the press, he could not wait. <laughs> to let it be known, it's how I really feel about the deceased. Yeah, and I know she ain't here, but guess what? This was my experience with her, and can't no one take away my experience with her because unfortunately, she had numerous opportunities to treat that pastor different, and she did it. She, every every opportunity right. she had, she just made it right. worse. She. <laughs> She made their their encounters and their relationship worse, and it was it, it just it says a lot for how you treat people because you never know when your credibility is going to be on the line, even in your death. You know, even in your death, yeah, how your credibility is going to be That's on the true. line, and you have to rely on yeah. the way you treated people. You know, because unfortunately, you couldn't say the man was lying. You couldn't say right. You couldn't right. say as 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 the major say now. You dragging it. He wasn't dragging it. He wasn't, you know, over exaggerating. He was telling the truth. Unfortunately, That's you know. True. But yeah. I, I thought mm-hmm. it was funny because his whole demeanor was like, "Well, now that I got the chance, let me let you know who Betty really is." She did <laughs> Oh my goodness, it was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. That 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 did crack me up. Also, I definitely picked up on that. I was like, this is a big off for him. He can say what he feels, and he doesn't have to be looked at as you know somebody who's kind of petty. Because uh, now yeah. we're all talking about this thing now. So let me just say how I feel. Um, so I, I thought that was you know really um, key. Um, 
I was, I, for me, this whole Allen thing. Now, I, I brought this up last episode. Now, yeah. I'm going to bring it up this episode. It's just yeah. about him. Now, at one point, at one point, they something was said, and somebody looked at Allen like a couple of extra seconds. And I said to myself, don't tell me that it's going to come out that the two of them, you know, you know, got what in cahoots with this, and um, you know, Candy just ended up going a little too far. But it's just something about him, about this silence. Um, I, I honestly believe now that it's all said and done, I honestly believe that he's he's happy. I think he's happy. She's gone. He verbalizes to the father, um, her, her father-in-law. You know, they were not getting along. Um, but I, I honestly believe that there's a sigh of relief for him. You know, he loved her, but like everyone has now testified, you know, she was a thorn in, you know, in your flesh at times. And, you know, hey, the, the husband um, getting to the point of, because you can tell he just, as a person, this, he was just annoying in my opinion. I ain't nobody I'd be running behind. Um, but, you know, just, just, just him. I, I don't know about y'all, but for me, him and his whole demeanor, um, the way he, um, he was silent at times, um, you know, just his passive. I was like, yo, what's up with him? And finally, you know, looking at this final episode, my my feeling is he was just relieved. I think, um, and we'll talk about that in a minute when we talk about, you know, with the verdict and things like that. Um, you know, it's uh, the, the thing that really kind of got me. Um, uh, when him and the chick on the couch was kissing, and I'm saying, oh, see, this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. You know, how they're talking. And, and you could tell, again, the woman is the aggressor. She wasn't as aggressive as Candy was, but just she was pushy, you know. And you could tell it was going to be her that was going to lean in and do this kissing thing. And I'm like, I know she's not getting ready to kiss him, and he's not getting ready to kiss her back. Because now I'm really beginning to believe that, you know, uh, and I'm like, who is this chick anyway? Well, later on they say who she was. But I was trying to figure out where she came from. Um, clearly somebody who knew Betty. Um, clearly um, um, somebody who um, was also taking advantage. So it was about my thing for this episode was him. I think he really... Um, it really showed who he was yesterday. I keep saying yesterday, the, in the last episode. Um, really mm. quickly, I want to go into the verdict. Um, and let's keep it at the verdict, Brother Ains. Um, not the post mm-hmm. but the verdict. Um, go ahead, hit it. Yeah. Um. Uh, you know, before the verdict came, 
<clears throat> excuse me, before the verdict came, I kind of expected that's where it, was, where, where it was going to go. I really did because I, I couldn't see okay. how it could go differently, um, mainly because of two 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 points. First, uh, first like, again, Dom he was he showed his courtroom skills and whatnot. He kind of perfectly laid out right. exactly what happened, exactly what happened. And, you know, uh, it was some parts was un, undefeatable, all right? The police can't count and say it wasn't self-defense. And two points, though, you know, one, we can never say that Kenny had intent, like she was planning that day to, um, to you know, to have an altercation with Betty. It wasn't planned, you know. It just, it just wasn't, it just wasn't planned, you know. You know, she had a day plan. She's gonna do this, go target, yada 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 yada. And secondly, there was no, there was no. She had something to gain from Betty's death, because the affair was over. Right, was right, no, right. No attempt. There was no attempt that you know, okay, her and um, Alice gonna get back together. It ended, it ended some time before that. So she really had none of the game, and there was no intent. So, uh, and, and in fact, that the verdict came in kind of quick, um, you know, that's something to say, too. So, again, uh, Dom, he had some courtroom skills. and um, But, again, as you mentioned, um, at, the, at the verdict, the look on Alan's face, it made you think, okay, uh, you know, I don't know. You, you you probably would think, okay, you know, you probably would think, okay, oh, this didn't go the way I thought it would go and went into Candy's favor. It didn't go into your wife's favor. But his look on his face was like, oh, well. <laughs> you know, it wasn't that. Right. Uh, right. right. It, it wasn't like, oh, man, we lost. My wife lost. We, if my wife lost, right. I lost. It wasn't that. It was like, oh, right. okay. You know, um, yeah. And you know what? Another, another point with that, though. Before we got there, it was one is the thing that um, you got to remember. Candy, she was high when she was testing. She was testifying. You know, she was she was on the drugs. You know, yeah. she was still under under the influence right. of the medication she was taking. And one good point then right. that uh, Don did was when he grabbed the axe. And he aggressively put it towards her, and it, and it prompted that, you know, can it, you know, um, you know, say, you know, please, you know, move that away from me. She, you know, prompted that emotion. You know, it was that lawyering skills that really got her off. Dom, you know, got her off. And because right. then, you can he asked right. her, why did you do that? He said, I needed people to see some emotion from you. Um, right. You know, right, right. right. She was kind of right. like, she, she was... As she was explaining it, she was explaining it, but, you know, um, the, the jury really didn't need, need to see that emotional uh, trigger. And uh, yeah, so I expected it to be um, uh, uh, not guilty. Not guilty. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Shati, the verdict. Well, what I want to say, Alan didn't love his wife. He ain't like her. Um, as far as with, uh, he didn't. He ain't like her. Cause I, I thought the same thing, Pastor Steph. I was like, I know they ain't about to kiss. 
I agree with Brother Ainsley when the verdict came. You can tell he was a little a little thrown back, but it was like finally this is over. That's the vibe I got from him. Finally this is over. It is what it is at this point. He ain't really like his wife. Um, with the verdict, I wasn't all that shocked to hear a not guilty, and I like the way Pat broke it down to her at the dinner table. So she said, they're going to find me innocent. He's like, no, they may find you not guilty. Right. They don't ever find you innocent. Right. There's a difference. And I was like, oh, bars, because I never thought of it like that. But it's true. Yeah. Um, they never find you in either guilty or not guilty. Um, so it, it really didn't throw me that the verdict came back not guilty. And I believe what really sealed the deal and had to work in her favor was the closing argument of Don. He nailed that closing argument. That even though he went yeah. first, sometimes when you watch them, again, I love courtroom dramas, sometimes when you watch them, both both sides have a pretty good closing argument, but it's just a matter of who goes first. But even with Don going right. first, even when the prosecutor got up to get his closing argument, it was like, shut up. Even if you are right, you're whack. Like, I wouldn't even persecute her because your your argument wasn't that compelling, you know. But he really nailed yeah. it with all the points that he gave that really did make you think and really had you put in perspective, like, oh, snap, like, that's true, that's true. You know, so I think that's really that's really what helped her. Um, and that, she showed emotion there. Whether she was still high or not. Oh, yeah. She showed emotion when oh, she yeah. heard that night. That, that was so, yeah. like, not rehearsed. That was so like, oh my God, like I'm not gonna go to jail. I'm gonna be able to be around my family. I do have some type of possibility of having some type of life. Um, well he he didn't have to coerce her to have show an emotion there. But yeah, I, I wasn't at all surprised to hear, you know, the the not guilty. Um and this was actually one of the the, the times where the defendant taking the stand actually worked in their favor. You know, a lot of the times the defendant wants to take the stand and their lawyers are like, uh, yeah, right, you're dumb. If you think I'm going to let you take the stand because you're only going to kill yourself up there. But her testimony really did help to paint the picture of, yeah. you know, what happened there. Yeah, so that, but yeah, he that, that man didn't like his wife. I was like, whatever. <laughs> um. I, I I actually was not surprised either. Um, I go to two different points why um, I think you know this this constant battle between the judge and Don the attorney. Um, I found it very interesting when he decided to hold him in contempt, send him to to, to jail, but then let him go. And you know uh-huh. the, the uh, assistant. Asked, and, and he said, because somebody made a phone call, you know, because this is all prejudice, you know, whatever their relationship was, um, you know, it's really bad to be played out right before everybody, um, you know, everybody's trying to show who's got the bigger this and the bigger that, um, who was in charge and, and so forth and so on. The other thing that I think helped a lot with her verdict was um, Pat, who, um uh-huh. You know, said I, I, I forgave her, and I still do. And you know, he did not show that you know he was angry with her or held anything against her. And 
you know, you're looking at this thing and you're like, okay, you know, yes, some people are cuckoo. However, how could you fall in love with someone who would cheat on mm-hmm. you, blah, 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 kill the woman, blah, 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 blah. You still sleeping in the same bed with her. You ain't scared of her. Y'all mm-hmm. have not separated. You are really holding true to this, these marital vows and blah, 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 blah. And I think that helped, especially when he said um, to the point of, you know, I'm glad it wasn't candy because, you know, Betty mm-hmm. was a bigger person. Yeah. Very well could have candy um, who was the victim opposed to Betty. So it shows not only there was a reality to who really could have won this thing, especially when um, Candy says that Betty was the aggressor. Um, But the fact that, you know, here it is, this man is thinking, you know, on this level. So I was not surprised at all um, either that there was a not guilty verdict. And like you, Shantice, I was so glad that um, Pat... um, uh, gave the difference between innocent and not guilty mm. because you did kill the woman. I mean, it, it, whether mm-hmm. it was self-defense or not, you killed the woman. So, um, you know, you, you can't walk away innocent. It's not like whether you did it or not because the, the, the man then, you know, he killed everybody with the news that he did murder her. So, you know, you could never walk away innocent. So I was really glad that, you know, that was also... Um, you know, uh, explained and broken down to her, who's still within some level of la-la land. Um, and, you know, it, it, this is really um, something uh, for um, us to even view, um, you know, because we know good well it wouldn't have been us. I'm just going to say that. Um, we have a comment from the listener, and that's providing it does not discuss post information anything up to no no okay yeah we have a, a few a few short comments um one listener sent in alan seems to be in shock through the whole thing he seemed ready to move forward he likes aggressive women <laughs> <laughs> oh wow possibly and we possibly right and we have another listener sent in. He's been ready. He wasn't mad at Candy for killing his wife. Okay. 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 And then we have, then we have I was a little surprised she didn't get some small time for leaving the scene of the crime. At the end of the day, a person died. Well, remember now, we have, with the with the fact. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Remember, as the, the psychiatrist kept saying, she wasn't really, she was kind of like in between. You know, there was a reality and there was make-believe. So, you know, if you right. have to believe that there was this, you know, make-believe uh, world she was in at any point, then you can't give her time for that because it's all part and parcel of her not being in reality of what happened. So that that that's why she was able to kind of walk off without even having to um, be punished for that part of it. Okay, right. Then we have a listener sent in. 
if they didn't charge her for leaving the scene of a crime, they're not going to pack it on as the trial is going on. And that makes sense to me. Say that part, the latter part again. I'm sorry, I didn't hear that part. They say if they didn't initially charge Candy for leaving the scene of a crime, they're not going to now, like, add new charges during the trial. Right, 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 right. Very good. Right. Okay. Uh, okay. Have another, another listener in. Yes, they charged her for murder, but the reasonable doubt was strong in the case. Not like today, where they charge multiple. Like one person gets all these charges right. tacked on to. Um, right. Right. Mhm. Then another listener sent in. They've learned from their mistakes. Her going. To his home after the trial was insane. It was like she was going to apologize for breaking his lawnmower. <laughs> I thought that too. Okay. I, I thought that too, Pastor Steph, when they showed them pulling up to a house and she got out the car. I said, I know that is not the Gore house. And when they turned the camera, I was like, that's not the Gore house. Yes, yes. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And yet again, this man still never approached this man about sleeping with his wife. And you go into the house to say what? Listen, that needed to have been on the postcard when y'all got to wherever y'all <laughs> Yeah. That, that was yeah. Yeah. Really, bro. <laughs> yeah, that, that was crazy. He that just said, he just said on I, wish you, I wish you have a good life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That that I'm like, but he drove her there, y'all. He drove her. Mm-hmm. He drove her there. They like, different. Nah, we nah, we ain't doing all that. They different. He's over there. All right, uh, brother Ames. Now we can talk about some post information. We got a few minutes to talk about some post information that. After, you know, they've um, found her not guilty, they, eight days later, they actually pack up and they're moving to Georgia to be close to her family. Um, they then give us some post information. All right. What you got? Yeah. So we see the big funky Allen, man, you know, um, Yo, he, he said he marries the church organist, you know, so he got a thing going yeah. on with church women and being funky and attracting them and stuff <laughs> like that. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know what, what is with his particular funk. And, um, you know, I find that kind of interesting. And again, but we kind of find out that he divorced her, but then he married somebody else. So I don't know, this would be like a, a lifelong pattern yeah. with him. But you know, um, yeah, third, third marriage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The something though that I really wish they would have, um, as, you, as you mentioned before, I really wanted to know what is the rift that between the judge and Dom. We don't know. I really want to know what what was that all about. You know, there's there's some history going on between there. I really want to know what that was. You know, what that was about. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So again, now we mentioned that we kind of find out that uh, um, Betty, she really wasn't pregnant. 
in the first place. Yo! Yo! Wow. You know, so... You know, so, you know, so it, it puts on that, okay, her mentality that, okay, all right, maybe she thought she was. Right, okay, maybe she thought she was. But then, you know, um, you can say maybe she was pregnant. Maybe there was some imbalance, hormonal imbalance and stuff like that. Right. Being, uh, mentally unstable right. and stuff like that. And again, right. again, we mentioned, I think, because maybe she was, you know, larger in size than, then Candy, it was like, okay, I, I have this upper hand in dealing with her. I can I can take this person on. I get an axe. This person ain't got no chance. But, you know, as we say around the way, you never underestimate anybody. You know, their size, you don't care how small they are. You never underestimate your opponent and stuff like that. And she found out, unfortunately, the hard way. <laughs> you know, uh, you don't do that. Right. But she wasn't um, pregnant in the first place. You know, I guess Alan was probably wow, thinking that too. Oh, you know, that um, thinking that okay, Kenny, she murdered, she killed, you know, his wife and 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 his unborn, but she wasn't even pregnant in the first place. Right. So that was kind of interesting, right there. Right. You know. And, yeah. Um, that was a while. That was a wow. That was a wow. That was a wow. That was definitely and, you know, a wow. And, you know, something I find interesting, well, it, it kind of brings another topic. You know, you've you got to think about the mental health, just in general, mental health. You know, because so we see that mm-hmm. we already know Betty, she had her issues. Candy, she right. had her issues. I was surprised to find right. out that even Don later on, I'm, I'm guessing they didn't want to say he committed suicide. But, you know, he's, he's right. suffering from a self-inflicted, you know, gun, you know, you got to think, what, yeah. what is his mentality? You know, right. um, even, even though it was years later, um, you know, mental health, as, uh, you know, that that wasn't a thing back then. But, you know, but right. it, it kind of right. shows, you know, we all got, you know, um, different things that has happened that may trigger you know, and a certain emotion or, uh, or action about us, you know, not necessarily violent or anything like that, but we do have triggers, things we, you know, I guess it's just a part of life. We just experience different things and, and affect us um, in ways we may not understand. Um, but here's one thing, though, right? Uh, that's it. That's it. Um, no, no, you can't put up my, uh, okay. Is it something new? Is it something new? No, you didn't give away no, all the post stuff. But... <laughs> Okay, so it's not new. So it's not, not new. You can say it. Go ahead. It's not, it's not new. Okay. It's not new. Um, it, it's the thing, and we, we mentioned it before. Like, you know, Candy, she was only charged for the murder for, you know, for the murder for, uh, for for Betty. I think I think it was second-degree murder. And, you know, like Shanti said, you know, we don't now, you know, there's, we normally, the prosecutors normally pull up a lot of charges. You know, because they want to make sure they they can't right. they can't get you on the top charge, they get you on the next charge, and so right. forth and so on. Right, right. That's you right. know, I think they, they should. It could have been a charge. What you call it? Um, when you know, um, for a minor, when you you know you leave a uh, yeah, a minor, you know, the welfare of a yeah, yes. and then you went for a minor. That if there was a charge in there for that. She could have been guilty. She definitely was guilty for that. If there was a charge for it, 
you know, even though the murder would have been the top charge, but she definitely would have got some, I would think, some deservedly jail time for that. You know, so. Right. Uh, right. Well, we know yeah. that was better than your hat. Yeah. Don't mess All with right, the kids. Don't Tati, mess with the kids, man. Information. That's right. That's right. Angie, Angie love the kids. Uh, Shanti, <laughs> post information. I thought it was real bummed out that after all of this, now y'all get divorced. It was like, what? Oh. So, oh. How, how y'all withstand all of this? What did y'all get divorced over? Somebody didn't put the cap on the toothpaste properly? Like, what couldn't y'all survive after this? I, I, just, I just thought that, that was crazy. Mm. I thought that was crazy. You stand by her after she murdered yeah. her boyfriend's wife. Like, come on. Okay. Um, I thought it was really crazy to read that Don committed suicide because, you know, again, yeah. it it really had you, like, it really had me quickly evaluate what we were able to see, you know, what type of person he was. And it's really like, well, what happened that you then, because in my opinion, that just shows you that you could level up, you know, in, in the legal field. Right. You know, but again, you know, we don't know what people are up against and so on and so forth. Um, and especially since mental illness was never addressed really back then, there was a whole lot of suppressing things that people were doing. Um, I thought it was real bugged out to hear that Betty's parents adopted her children, which further confirmed yeah. like Betty. You don't like Betty, you don't like your kids. <laughs> so she's like, to hell with all yeah. this. I'm I'm killing off the rest of the the rest of this family and they can have these kids because he wants to move on with his life. So now he doesn't want to be around those kids yeah. that are going to, you know and what really bugged me out the most was to initially read that Candy was now Counseling families. That <laughs> was like, oh wait a my minute. goodness! What part of the game is this? Now I understand yes. that you know we're better people a lot of the times to now help others than someone who has gone through a lot themselves. At the same time. If you have not taken the proper steps to be healed yourself, how are you counseling someone? Oh because my from what goodness. we from what we saw, the only help you ever had was being hypnotized and that was only because that was kind of court ordered <laughs> in a way. So is right, that the right, only right. help is that the only help that you ever sought out for yourself and now you're also practicing along with your daughter? You know, which yeah. that was kind of like, wow, okay, you know, in a good way. But at the same time, it was just like, who are you counseling if, if you never went to go get healing for yourself? Yeah. Because now yep. your counseling sessions are very jaded. If you yourself have not sought out the healing for you, I thought that was extremely bugged right. out. We were able to to read that, but yeah, Alan didn't like his life. That was just like how do how, how do grandparents? Yeah, that, kids? 
Oh, yeah, between Ainsley talking about the, 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 the baby left in the house by herself and you talking about Alan didn't like his wife, you two he are is. hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> All right. We, we, we only got a couple of minutes. Um, you know, let's, let's, let's talk about the, the summary. Let's, let's summarize this as a story um, itself. A couple of minutes we have, so we should not, you know, go into any long soliloquy. Shanti, um, I'm going to give you first dibs at this. A summary of the entire love and death miniseries. Take advice from the one, the people who God is showing you is really in your corner. You know, seek your healing because if not, you then link up with somebody else who needs to be healed as well and y'all come up with this plan that fails. The plan fails. So I would say to sum this all up, you know, whenever you think you got a plan, just know that your plan can and will fail and your ending will not always end up like candies where you will be found not guilty of something, even if it doesn't get to the point, you know, to where, to where this has gotten where you've murdered someone physically. But when you got this whole love and death scenario in your head, just realize that you are murdering something and someone, some way, somehow. All righty, all righty. Thank you. Brother A, what you got going on? What's your summary? One minute. The summary of the whole thing. Uh, I would say, you know, we we all got our um, triggers and all our, our we we, got, we all got issues and whatnot. So the first to summarize, you know, we need to be stay prayed up. We need to stay prayed up and and, and live our life according as as we should. And if we do things like this will not won't happen. You won't have somebody, a woman stepping out trying to encroach a married man to have an affair with her. You won't be doing all this XX, all these plannings and try to cover it up. Because, you know, most of the time it ain't the crime that gets people, it's the cover up. Um, that's what, you know, that's what had a lot to do with this. You know, we all proposed to this he could have been like from right from the jump street and said well thank you um i, I thank you for i think you you know like like me but no this is wrong you know maybe betty she needed more counseling and stuff like that we need to be stayed more afraid of and 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 and, and seek counsel when we need it because every mention mental health was an issue then but it definitely is a a issue so um because Thing you know, avoidance is better than cure. So, um, so right. we need to, and God knows best. God knows best. So, there you go. Make sure you like your wife. <laughs> <laughs> and make sure you don't leave the kids alone if you commit a murder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, my brother Ainsley. Thank you so much, Shanti, for your contribution into my and your your two cents 
in regards to this Love and Death miniseries. And we pray you have a blessed day. All right, you too. Thank you. Thank you. All righty. Let's get that benediction. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Father's Son in truth and love. And that's 2 John 3. Wow, what a journey. What a journey um, into the world of Candy Montgomery um, and her husband Pat and Alan Gore and his wife Betty. Um, I want to remind you that this is a true story. And, you know, we we start off this whole um, entire series with them being devout church-going people. And, you know, we see them in church on a consistent basis, blah, 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 blah. However, you know, there's a lot to be said for, you know, and I'm with Brother Ailey. You know, we can't just be churchgoers. And, you know, I call them seat fillers, pew fillers. We just can't attend church. And and why why does that come up? Because when Candy approaches um, Allen from the beginning, already there's major infractions. Number one, her her approach, her confidence in even being able to approach. Um, you're married. You're going to church. You're supposed, you know, people are looking at you as though you're a church person, you're a Christian person. So already you're off the meter. Alan, stupid, who does not put up any um, any guard, you know, to, to have someone actually come up to you and blatantly um, say this to you and, you know, you do not respond properly. Just dumb. So clearly, both of these people are negligent of some prayer life. Of and you say, well, how you judging? I'm not judging. I'm I'm assessing. Um, you know, from what we've seen, I'm going to show you why I say that also. Because again, you know, um, yes, this is depicted, and yes, this is a reenactment, and we don't know what really went on. However, based on what we saw. These were not very very much praying people. You could tell that there was no real prayer life. This whole journey, you, 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 listen, if you know the power of God, you know that there's, you know, certain things that you do. And just the whole, you know, remember, that's why I specifically did a recap. For those who may have missed it, maybe some stuff would come out today that didn't even come out as we were breaking it down week by week. But you could, you know, you, 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 something was missing. Something was clearly missing. Um, again, we never saw anybody in any church council, any council from a pastor. You know, this 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 pastor who took over the church where the the Montgomerys stayed, but the Gores left. Um, there was no, um, you know. Um, conversation that they even showed with him and the Montgomery's more than him and the and the attorney. So this is certain things, you know, that the fact that she needed drugs to calm her, 
through this whole process, to keep her, you know, focused, you know, on, on, on being calm. Where's your calm in Jesus? Because, see, this is when we really need to grab on our faith, when we, you know, uh, are in those times of trouble and we don't see a way out. When, 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 when the, the, the attorney pops up, nobody was prepared for him to say, he actually killed Betty. And you don't need Jesus at that point. <laughs> you need the Lord. You need some foundation that you need to stand on to really help get you through this. Your marriage is in and you need your husband at this point. Your family is in jeopardy. You need your family at this point. Your freedom is in jeopardy, and you really need your freedom. They brought up her, um, her, uh, the way people look at her, her integrity, all of these things. You know that needs to be considered. You know she was always worried about her image. That you know that was brought up. You need Jesus with all of these things. Are 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 at the peak of being destroyed and gone. You need God. We need God for less than that. So when your whole life has been turned into some level of turmoil because you made some irrational decision to have an affair, and as blatant as you did, you need God at this point. And, you know, not one time did they show that, you know, either one of them were on their knees or they prayed or whatever, other than grace. Boy, they were serious to show about this grace at the table. Um, That's one thing we knew they did. They said grace. But, you know, it does make me wonder that even though this is a depiction, you know, was there really a prayer life? And like I said, based on what they did show, it just didn't seem as though, you know, there was a prayer life. Um, it didn't show the pastor seeking them out either. Um, so my thing was, well, where was he? You know, what? what I, I know he had some difficulty, like he said, you know, with the congregation when he took over and they weren't welcoming. Um, so, you know, he had his challenges. But at the end of the day, where was he? Because Jackie, the older, the old pastor, she surely didn't have no problem popping up and giving her two cents. So it, it puts into question a whole lot of things that we we didn't see, but yet we did see. You know, in saying all of that, again, you know, this is a true story, and we need to take a lesson from what happened here. One thing we do know is Candy was extremely aggressive in her approach and the planning process. Um, you know, they, they took a lot of time to write out everything and to, quote, unquote, consider all of the possibilities and making this uh, uh, making this path that if anybody uh, was getting too going too far, if you know anybody was getting hurt, they would end it. Now we never saw what really caused the end of the relationship. Uh, more than you know the fact that Alan wanted to kind of reconcile with um, 
uh, what's her name, uh, with his wife, Betty. So you would like to think that maybe their relationship, you know, kind of going in the other direction, kind of, you know, allowed him to drift off. And Candy kind of left him alone, especially after she tried to now the Golden Marriage Council route, and, you know, the retreat. And now her and her husband are now, you know, getting along a little differently. Pay attention to what we saw. Pay attention to what we heard. Don't let this be you. When you, you know, when you have an urge to be sinful, you you going to have to get to a point where you say, you know what, I need to pray about this thing. You, you, you will not ever benefit from planned sin. This was intentional sin. So whether it's a non-believer who is planning to be sinful, or if it's a believer who is planning on being sinful, don't try this at home because it ain't going to work for you. It really, really shows how we can lose our way. It really shows how um, if we do not stay prayed up, like Brother Ainsley said, um, we're going to be in a world of trouble. So regardless of, you know, what you want to do, listen, it's very clear what the right thing to do and what the wrong thing to do is. This wasn't no secret, and it wasn't hidden. There was intent here. Do not walk in that way. It is not going to serve us at all, and I mean at all. It is not going to benefit us at all. Find your way to God. Find your way to, you know, I remember when I was getting baptized, the morning I was getting baptized, there was a lady, a sister who was there, and there was a, a term she she used, and she said, go to me city. Sister Prince said, go to me city. When you find your way um, to when trouble finds its way to you, go to me city. That's where you need to be. Stay prayed up. Because we all have a, a, a times in our life where we're considering doing something that the Lord wouldn't be happy with. And when you find yourself there, the spirit of the Lord is dealing with you. Whether you suppress it or not. It's something else. But the spirit of the Lord always does its job. So you're always going to have that nudging. You're always going to have that prodding. You're always going to have that pulling in the right side. On to the right side. Make sure you find yourself at Knee City and ask God to help you to not commit that sin. You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. Uh, as you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. And Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew for always coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us and giving us your two cents 
on this particular miniseries, Love and Death. Please do not miss this opportunity to go before the Lord and give your life to him right now. Please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen that relationship with the Lord right now because later it's not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, God's fist, with Wow Wednesday. Remember, find yourself at Nisi. Until then, I love you.